Hey, welcome once again. This is Elle at Iron Dove. Dialogue is the key to reform. Access is the key to dialogue. At Iron Dove, you can find both. Come on down, sign up, talk it up, and let's see what we can figure out. I'm back with part two of the Patriot Act. The government is instilling fear in average people. Anything that they perceive to threaten their position of power can be considered an act of terrorism. And because terrorism is so difficult to define, it is so difficult to define that it can't be defined, then that in and of itself means that something as far-reaching as this Patriot Act needs to be very, very carefully crafted, very carefully written and reviewed regularly. They want to pass this Patriot Act for 10 years. This should be reviewed every single year, never renewed without having a full congressional committee review of each and every page in the document. This is that serious. This is that serious. The provisions in this law take away specific rights of individuals without due process. And this country was built on law. Everything that happens in this country that gives us the freedoms that we have are based on law. When you take away the controls of individual liberties, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, when you take away those individual liberties and you take away the protection of those individual liberties, this society is at risk for the government to become the terrorist. Because one of our rights as individuals, citizens of this country, is the right to form a militia. Militias can very easily be considered terrorists. I'm sure that any of the conflicts that were fought throughout American history, one side of that conflict was considered a terrorist. Think about that. Think about that. Anyway, I urge you to write to your senator and tell them what you think about this because I'm not surprised that the Democrats are suggesting a filibuster. I hope they do filibuster this and I, I don't know again all the details of every specific point of this law because it is so huge and you know the verbiage is all legalese which is makes it difficult in and of itself to read through but what I do know is that something that takes away your specific rights cannot ever be 
shoved through a process, locked down for 10 years, and, um, and people think that's okay. That is no way to run a country. That is no way to do your job. This is something that is so sensitive that it should be reviewed every single year, each and every year. This should never, and I don't care that it takes time, and I don't care that it costs money, because you know what? It's going to cost us a heck of a lot more if the government becomes so powerful that they have little secret polices and little secret agencies and little secret things that don't have to answer to anybody. This government is run by and for the people. And when it becomes so secret and so specialized and so outside of the realm of regular law, everybody is at risk. Everybody's at risk. The reason there are checks and balances, the reason that there are distinctions between the judicial branch, the legislative branch, the reasons that there are these distinctions in our government and the government was set up the way that it was set up is because the founding fathers understood the principle of terrorism. They understood the principles of tyranny. Could they define a terrorist? No, they couldn't back then either. But they understood that power, violence, influence, coercion all come together. They're all part of the same phenomenon. Political power and violence have always been tied together. Guerrilla warfare, freedom fighters, that's always tied together. And the only way that you kind of can come together as a humanity is to take all these difficult things and handle them in an intellectual, academic way. And the way that they did that was by making law, the law of the land. Rules, very specific rules written. You have certain inalienable rights. These are those rights. If something happens, these are your rights. You can't take the rights away from people because if you do, by eavesdropping into their business, by doing all these things, then you lose your civil liberties. You are no longer part of the civil government process. A government by the people, for the people. And once you lose that, then what is your government? Now do they become dictators? Now do they become, what do they become? Who are they now? Are they actually elected? Are they elected by you? You know, there's a lot of questions here. There are a lot of questions here. There is a price for freedom. That price is that some people don't make it to the next day. That's just life. I don't know what the answer is. It's a very serious question. It's a very disturbing issue. And it's something that I think about constantly because you know what? I have kids and I think about what's their future going to be like. What is their future going to be like when they have to worry about every email they write, every phone call they make, every purchase they make, thinking that Big Brother's always watching. Big Brother probably is always watching. Everything you buy in the grocery store is tracked. Everything you buy in the pharmacy is tracked. Every phone call, every 
correspondence, every purchase, you know? I mean, the next thing they want to do is put little chips under your skin so that you can be tracked by satellite. When is enough enough? When is the price for freedom too high so that you end up losing your freedom? There is an inherent risk to freedom. But it's worth having. Because you can't have liberty and you can't pursue happiness if somebody else is telling you or watching you or over your shoulder every minute of every second of every day telling you what you can and can't think, telling you what you can and can't believe in. If you were fighting for civil rights and you didn't believe in the mainstream hierarchy of the political process at the time, did that make you a terrorist? When you're watching your brothers and sisters being discriminated against, being beaten, being tortured? What, what do you do? Is it terrorism or revolutionary violence? Is it terrorism or national liberation? Is it terrorism or warfare? Is, is political warfare any different than physical warfare? The United States conducts financial terrorism all the time and complains about financial terrorism all the time. There are trade embargoes. There are all kinds of tariffs and, and things that are placed on countries and products. Is that terrorism? What's the definition? And what are you willing to give up to be perfectly safe? And even if you were perfectly safe in a perfect, perfect world, you could still step off the sidewalk and get run over by a car or slip on a banana peel, crack your head and, and die instantly. How safe is safe? And lastly, is terrorism just a catchphrase to identify a much deeper problem that isn't addressed? Ideological problems? Difficulties in how collective societies consider faith? Think about that. The Native American population of this country could easily have considered those who came to the quote new world as terrorists. They came into their land and instilled fear and intimidated people for political reasons, for economic reasons, for natural resources. They murdered, ruthlessly executing to grow their new country. You know, it's tough. It's really tough. I, I don't know the answer. 
I don't know the answer, but it certainly begs some questions. And there is just no way, in my opinion, that something this difficult, this far-reaching, this undefinable should ever be put into law for a period of 10 years without review or four years without re review, which is now the, the next lower amount of time that's possibly agreed upon. And, um, and I think that, you know, <laughs> this should be reviewed at the minimum once a year. And if that means that it takes a week or two or three every year to review this, it is that important, in my opinion. Just to give you an idea, uh, Section 103, increased funding for the Technical Support Center at the Federal Bureau of Investigations there are authorized to be appropriated for the Technical Support Center established in Section 811 of the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996 Public Law Number 104-132 to help meet the demands for activities to combat terrorism and support and enhance the technical support and technical operations of the FBI, $200 million for each of the fiscal years 2002, 2003, and 2004. That would be $600 million in a three-year period from 2002 to 2004. That is a lot of money. By secret courts, secret committees, secret groups running secret projects, with secret funds answering to one official or maybe to no officials because they're so secret that it's on a need-to-know basis and you don't need to know. Are these people elected or appointed and by whom? We're not talking about 20 or 30 bucks here. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars these are heavily funded groups of people who are tapping your phones, looking at your emails. And maybe they're not looking at you, or maybe they are. Maybe you're just a feminist who thinks that women need to have more rights. Maybe that threatens their political machine. Maybe you're just a, a naturalist who opposes drilling in Alaska. Or maybe that threatens their political machine. If something threatens the political machine that's in power, does that make the threat a terrorist? It's such a difficult question. It's such a difficult question. And the answer is only who's flying the spaceship? If we the people are the government of this land, and democracy is healthy and thriving and growing, then this has to be part of a democratic process. And the democratic process has to have due process. Once the civil liberties are taken away, once we no longer have the rights that are in place in our Constitution, there's a problem. A very serious problem and we risk losing our freedom to be safer from whom something to think about
Take a look at uh, some history. Look up McCarthyism. This is, you know, history repeating itself in a way. Knee-jerk reactions. They're never good. They happen, but they're never good. Now we've had time. We no longer need the knee-jerk reaction response. We need some serious intellectual power here. We need to look at the situation with a clear head and decide how much we're willing to give up for our freedom and what this country is all about. So tell me what you think. Come on down, sign up, talk it up. This is a very important issue, and I would really love to know what you think. Till tomorrow, this is Elle at Iron Dove, signing out.